Suvas, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Vav, 1-6. The case of our Mishnah is one in which the morning after the wedding, the husband claims that his wife wasn't a basula. She wasn't a virgin. And therefore, he is not just divorcing her, he also is refusing to pay her the 200 zoz of her ksuba. In other words, he's claiming what's called a mekach taus, that he was he didn't get what he bargained for when he did the erison, when he did the first age of marriage, and let's say gave her the ring, she accepted it, he thought he was marrying a basula, and it turns out she wasn't, and therefore he says, I was tricked, and therefore I'm not paying the ksuba. Now just remember, the question of divorcing her, that he could do whenever he wants. Remember the time of the Mishnah, a woman could be divorced balkorcha against her will, and in such a scenario, um, she can't she, she can she can't refuse the get, but she would be entitled to her ksuba. Now, if it's a mekach taus and she tricked him and he didn't get what he thought he was getting, so then he wouldn't have to pay the ksuba. Now, if the claim was that he says she's not a basula and she says yes, I am a basula. If that's all we had to go on, we'd believe him over her. And the reason why is because there's a chazaka, a presumption, that ain adam torech besuuda umafsida, a person, a man, wouldn't go through the whole rigmarole of doing a wedding feast and putting on a wedding only to divorce his wife the next morning. And therefore, obviously, he had full intention of sticking around with her, and therefore he really must have found that she's not a basula after all. But that's not the case of our Mishnah. The case of our Mishnah is that He's claiming, I found she wasn't a basula, and therefore I should be not entitled not to pay the ksuba because of a mekkah And she's saying it wasn't a mekkah When I accepted that ring, when we did erison, I really was a basula. But something happened after that, which made me lose my basulim, and now I'm not a basula. And it's not my fault. And that being the case, if you want to divorce me, of course, that's your prerogative. But you have to pay the 200 zoz because it wasn't a mekach tos. When I accepted it, it was a legitimate, you weren't being misled. And now just it's your bad luck that something bad happened to me. Her bad luck too, of course. Now, how could that happen? How could it happen that between the time of Erison, she was a basula, and the time of Nesu, and when she moves in with him, she stops being a basula? Well, there are really three possibilities. Possibility A is that she had an affair with the man. And that's what this guy is suspecting. Now, if that's the case, indeed... She does lose her ksuba. They couldn't stay together married even if they wanted to. She's forbidden to him. She gets the halachic status of being a zona, and she forfeits, meaning she can't marry a Cohen, and she forfeits her ksuba, no doubt about it. And that's what he's claiming here. However, there's another possibility. The other possibility is, possibility B, is that she slept with another man, but it was against her will. It was non-consensual. She's in a noosa. She was forced into it. And that being the case, it's a tragedy, she's a victim, and she doesn't lose her ksuba. It wasn't a mekach taos. And the fact something bad happened after the fact of them getting engaged is not her fault. So, again, if he wants to divorce her, that's per- his prerogative. He actually could stay married to her in such a scenario. I'm assuming he's not a Cohen. But if he does divorce her, if that was what happened, he would have to pay her the 200 zuz because she didn't forfeit it because she did nothing wrong. There's a third possibility, by the way, which is the mukas eights. She got injured, whatever, she fell out of a tree, and she got poked between her legs, and she lost her basulim, but she never was with a man, and therefore, certainly, she doesn't lose her ksuba, and he could stay married to her, and she's not even a, she's not even a zona. Even a, another cone could marry her. So, the case of our Mishnah is, therefore, the following. The Mishnah says inside, 
Hanosa Isha, sorry, Hanosa Esa Isha, a man marries a woman, Vlomatsa La Basulim. He doesn't discover Basulim in her that night, so the next morning, he takes her to Bezdin. He, Omeris, her claim is, Misha'erastani Ne'enasti. After you got, in, we got, I'll call it engaged, after you gave me the ring and I accepted it and we were like, uh, I was an Arusa to you, then I was uh, raped against my will. And that being the case, Vinistachafa Sadecha. Literally means your field got uh, like flooded out. This is uh, just an idiom. It means it's your bad luck. It's your mazel. Um, was, you know, Hashem had it destined for you that this should a bad thing should happen to you. Meaning, the the metaphor is, you know, if a person buys a field, but before he can, you know, grow crops in it, the rains come and ruin the field. So then he, it's bad news for him, and he loses out the money. But he certainly can't go back to the original seller and say, "You sold me a dud field." No, it wasn't the seller's fault. The field got ruined. It was his his mazel, his bad luck. So she's saying the same thing. She's saying, "When you gave me that ring, I was a basula." Now something terrible happened to me, and okay, now your 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 wife got messed up, so that's your bad luck. It's your mazel which calls it. It's your destiny to have this problem, but don't blame me. And if you want to divorce me, that's your prerogative, but you have to pay me the 200 zuz. Vahala, and the other one, meaning and he claims, Omer, Loki. Maybe that isn't the case, not necessarily. Maybe you, got, you were with a man prior to us getting engaged. Arison, vahaya mikhi mekachtos, and what I got, meaning my Arison, when I gave you that ring, was a mekachtos. I was misled. It was I was a, didn't get what I bargained for, and therefore, I'm divorcing you, and I refuse to pay you the two hundred zos of your ksuba. So what's it then? Does he have to pay or not? So again, since this is an unusual case where she's not just simply being makachish, I'm not just denying it, which you wouldn't believe her, but rather she's making a very plausible case, a very plausible claim, which would um, entitled her to still get her collect on her ksuba, what do we do? Rabban Gamliel v'Rebbe Eliezer Omrim Ne'emenes. Rabban Gamliel and Rebbe Eliezer say she's believed. She's believed in her claim that she was indeed um, forced by this man after their engagement, Arison, their first step of marriage, and therefore she has to get paid her 200 zuz. We'll force him to pay if he divorces her. And Rabbi Yeshua Omer, Loma Pia Anuchayin. Rabbi Yeshua says, we can't live off what she says alone. We have to assume that, no, she had been with a man prior to the Arison, and she tricked him, she misled him. And that's what we'll assume, meaning we won't pair out the Torah until she brings a proof to what she's saying that it happened after they got engaged. So let's look at the first opinion first, because that's with the halacha, and it's first. Rabbi Gamaliel and say, we do believe her, meaning we will be multi mum and will force the man to pay the 200 zoz of the ksuba. Now, why would that be? She's claiming bari. She's claiming a certain clay. She's saying, I know for a fact this happened after the erison. Therefore, you owe it to me. He's claiming a shema. He's saying, maybe not. Maybe it happened. You're with this man prior to our engagement, the erison, and you just never told me. Therefore, I got a mechatos and I was tricked. Now, usually low-key... Uh, is the more of a Bari claim. I'm certain that's not what happened. But here, of course, that can't be the case. He doesn't know what happened. So he's a Shema. He's a maybe. Now, the truth is that a Bari against a Shema, she being certain, he being only maybe, um, certainly means we favor her in terms of the Halacha. But, 
there's a more important overriding rule, which is the rule number one in terms of Dine um, Mamanos, financial litigation. Hamotim Machavero, Alav Haraya, the one who's trying to take money out of his friend's pocket, the burden of proof is on him. If you can't prove it's owed to you, we will not take money out of someone else's pocket. We'd rather just, as the bezin, leave it be. Why should, why should we turn ourselves into thieves, stealing from this rightful owner, perhaps, without a proof that we have to, we should be taking it? So normally, in a case of Bari and Shema, that would not be enough to exact money. If I say, you owe me money, and you say, I thought I paid you back, but I'm not sure, on that base alone, we would not force the the payment out of you, out of the person, the, the, the supposed borrower. But in our case, our Mishnah, we have something more than just a bari and Shema. And that is, according to Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer, enough to take the money out of the pocket, meaning of the Baal, meaning to force them to pay the Ksuba. And that is, you also have a Chazaka. Chazaka, which means a, a, like a status quo. Um, the rule is that if the, a Chazaka, a Halachic presumption that things stay as they were and their status quo unless you know otherwise um, will tip the scales in her favor strongly enough to allow her to collect on her ksuba so in other words she's both making a bari claim she's certain he's just a maybe claim a, a, a shema and in addition she has a chazaka which is a support to her what's the chazaka what is the halachic status quo that that we could look at to say that she's in the right it's because every woman when she's born she is a basula. And the rule is that if we have a chazaka, we, we have a, a, a known starting point of something's halachic position, which we do here, which is that she is starts out being a, a, a basula, then we're ma'amid davar al-chazkasa. We assume something stays in its status quo. We, in its, in its, we, our halachic assumption is, until we have a reason to change something's status, we assume it retained its old status. And since... When she was born, she was a basula. The chazak is when she accepted the kedushin, she did erisin, she also was a basula. Okay, now we know she's not a basula because of this tiniest basulim. But who knows when it happened? So if we have to decide when it happened, further back or more recently, her chazak is further back, she was still a basula, and it must have more recently. And therefore, the chazaka that she was a basula to start out with, plus the claim of bari, the certain claim of the woman saying, I know for a fact I was a basula, I'm telling you as a fact, I was a basul when I did the erison, is enough to make him be forced to pay the ksuba. In addition to Chazaka, by the way, she also has Amigo. Amigo is, um, believe me, in my less effective, less advantageous claim, because I could have made a claim which was more advantageous to me. And what's that claim? She could have said not that she was nanas, that she had been forced against her will by another man, she could have said she's a mukas eights. She could have said just this was a bicycle injury that happened to me between our engagement and, and the Arison and the Nusuan. If she would say that, so she's also saying a bari claim, and the same thing would be true, and she wouldn't even be a zona. She's not even labeled as someone who, like, you know, was with another man. That's better for her, of course, she could marry Cohen then and so on. So the miku is that believe her claim that she was nanas, that she was forced against her will, because she could have made a more advantageous claim for herself, which is she was a mukas eitz. So we have both those things, a chazaka as well as a migu, even the chazaka alone would be enough, but a chazaka and a migu, coupled with her tainus bari, her certain claim against his shema, would be enough to make him have to pay. That's what Rabbi Gamil, Rabbi Lezer hold, and that is the halacha lamaisa. However, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, the 
Rule number one of Hamotzim Bechaver Lavaraya, the one who's trying to take money, the burden of proof is on him. That is rule number one. And it's so strong that without a real raya, even a bari against a shema, even adding a chazaki, even adding a migo, all the above is not enough. The bez will not take money out of someone's pocket without some actual proof. And since she has no actual proof of when it happened or exactly what happened, so then the bezin will not exact money from him. That's Rabbi Yeshua's position. However, like I said before, the halach is like Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Lezer, that indeed in such a scenario like our Mishnah, we would force him to pay her ksuba of 200 when he divorces her.